I want to talk to you today about leftovers. God is serious about leftovers. We see different accounts in the Word of God about leftovers, good and bad. And I want to read John chapter 6. John chapter 6, starting in the fifth verse. This is a familiar uh, miracle of Jesus. But we see right here, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. How many you know sometimes Jesus will ask you something? Jesus will pose a question to you knowing that he already has the answer. But he wants to see what your response is going to be. Will you give him your best or will you come up with excuses? Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Now, how many know we have the disciples here and we see their personalities. We see different things. We see Philip, who was probably a bean counter. He was probably like, wait, it would take, he's already got it figured out. How many of some people, when it comes to serving God, they've already got it figured out why they can't do things, why God can't move the way that he said them, why God can't do what he's already told them, because they've already got it figured out in their mind. It's impossible for this to happen. I don't know how you expect us to do this. How many people have that attitude all the time? God says, I want to do this in you. I want to do this through you. And they say, well, we can't do that. Look at me. I don't have this. I don't have that. Oh, I want this church to be great and do that. Oh, look at this. We only have a few people. I want you to go and I want you to bless as many people. I don't have any money. Why do we do that? If God is coming to you and expecting something from you or for you, why do we live in God? Why is it that when it comes to sharing our faith in the eyes of God, all we have is leftovers. Somebody say leftovers. And then Andrew looks at him, and this is me. Andrew's kind of the guy that's always got jokes. He says, here's a little boy and his lunch. He's got a lunchable. How about that, Jesus? Come on, he probably had it. He was probably being cocky. He's like, yeah, you want us to feed all these people. You're looking at us and saying, feed all these people. And then he's, hey, how about this? I just saw a little boy over here with a Lunchable. What do, you, what do you want to do with that, Jesus? Here, how about that? Is that enough? There. Basically, he said, that's all we got. And sometimes we come to God and God's saying, I want to use you. I want to do something in you. And we're like, yeah, me? The man or woman of God comes to you with a word from the Lord and says, this is what God's called you to do. I see you doing this. And you look and say, Psh, me? Here's a little boy with a lunch. You don't have any faith in what God is saying for you. You don't have any faith in what God is calling you to do. You think it's funny. And then Jesus says, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Now, Brother David, I don't know if you've been there, but I've been to that, to the um, right off of the sea. I've been to the field, and as far as the eye can see, you see, this is where it's believed that Jesus did this. 
And you can see right where they came up, and there it is. There's a field. I mean, and as far as the eye can see, you can imagine people just sitting down. And then Jesus looking out there and saying, Let's, should we go get some food? What should we do? And he sat them down, about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks. Again, there's that word. Remember last week. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Somebody say as much as they wanted. Mm. Hallelujah. And that little, those three words right there. As they wanted. You can have as much of God as you perceive you need or want. You can have as much of God as you desire. You can have as much of the anointing as you want. You can have as much joy as you want. You can have as much peace as you want. I never get anything. Nobody ever does it. God never. I wish he would you. You can have as much as you want. Maybe your wanter is broke. Maybe you got a hitch in your giddy up. Maybe when it comes to desiring of the Lord, there's something broken, not with God. Come on, somebody. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. There's no problem with our Father God. If there's a problem in the connection, it's you. And there's a certain person, every time I talk to him, it's like our phones are like, and I'm like, uh, hello, hello? And I always have to ask him, are you on speaker? Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. Where are you at? It's a, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. He's probably watching. Whenever I would call Pastor Chris, and he would be driving home. We'd always talk in the car. And he's driving. And there's a patch of road on the way to his house. And inevitably, he would always call me right when he's about to get on that road. And we're talking. And all of a sudden, and I'm like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. But I can't hear you. And then I'm like, where are you at? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming around Dead Man's Curve. I'm like, why do you call me? It's not on my end. It's on his end. And let me tell you something. When there's a problem with God speaking, God directing, God using you, it's not on his end. It's usually on, it's always on our end. Because he's the same. If he did it then, he can do it right now. Somebody shout right now. If the people in the world, why is it people say in Africa, why is it that there's so many miracles? Why is it that people get touched in Africa? Why is it that we see the dead raised? We see blind eyes open. Why is it that all that happens in Africa? You know why? Probably because they want it. They want it. And because they want it, they get it. Why did it happen in the Bible? Because people were desperate. People had a desire. People wanted of the Lord. Remember the woman with the issue of blood who said, I've done everything. I've spent all my money. I've traveled. I've wanted for years. And then she wanted so bad. She said, if I could just touch the hem of this garment, I know. And guess what? The same God that was blessing, healing, touching people then is the same God that wants to do it today. But why is it that when it comes to us, all we have to give to God is leftovers? Come on. And then it said, when he had, when they had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather, and there it is again, 
when they had enough to eat. Come on, God's not El Chipo. He's El Shaddai. Come on, more than enough. He's not El Gepi. He's El Shaddai. Come on. That's what so many people think in the body of Christ. Well, you know, I just got this and that's all I deserve. No, he's El Shaddai. When they had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets. Underline baskets if you write your Bible. With the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. He performed that miracle right there. And there's, there's all kind of conjecture and speculation as to what happened here and why there was 12 basketfuls and why Jesus is serious about leftovers. Come on, the word of God, God is serious about leftovers. He doesn't want that. Now, how many of you are the type that just take leftovers, put them in the fridge and don't ever do nothing with them again? I'm looking over here towards my wife. When I got married, she never ate leftovers. She's, I don't eat leftovers. I said, oh, well, you're in the wrong family because we make miracles out of leftovers. And uh, I would hate going to restaurants. And she'd always say, can I get a box? And I'm like, what are you asking for a box for? We might as well just toss it in the trash on the way out the restaurant because you're not going to eat it. It sits at any given time that we've been gone for a week. We've been literally out of our house for one week. And there are leftovers in the fridge right now. Without a doubt, there are boxes, to-go boxes, bags, something in our refrigerator at all times. Foil, uh, Tupperware, some kind of dish, and people won't eat them. Now, since Pamela Kay has moved in with us, she we call her Old Ironsides. Because she will eat anything. We worry about my mother. We worry about her. She looks in. This is the person who says, I can't smell and I can't taste. So it's, it's even scarier because she will open up something in a minute and look at it and pop it in the miracle wave and pray and that, that it's going to kill everything as she eats it up and eats it. And she's still here. So evidently it's worked. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have been suspect. And she said, it's even bad when she says, if I don't wake up from my nap, come and check on me in a couple hours. I'm eating this fish that was out in the car for a couple days. Eating this gas station sushi. But I tell you what, God is serious about leftovers. He said, I want you to get all the leftovers and I want you to get them. Now here the disciples went out to get... Now, these are the same guys that was, there ain't no way we're going to do this. Oh, why don't you use this little Lunchable? Where are we going to get the money? It would take a year's salary to feed all these people. These are the same people that were doubting. And what did Jesus say to them? Go, gather up what's left. Now, some people think that they went out and they went down and they picked up all the scraps from people eating and dropping them on the ground. But that's not really how it's written here. It's written that from what was broken, 
So we believe that it's after Jesus was breaking and passing and breaking and passing. He said, now I want you to gather up. Because there's no way Jesus fed 5,000 people himself, handing them out. I said, I've been to that field. So he probably distributed to the disciples and they went out. Come on, that'll preach right there. That's a whole nother message. It's my job to, not that I'm Jesus, but it's my job to distribute to you who are disciples, who are disciplined in the way. And it's your job to go out and feed the multitudes. I can't get no help up in this Presbyterian church. And so then he said, I want you to gather what's left. And the 12 disciples went out and gathered those fragments from what they were handing out. And they filled 12 basketfuls. Now, how many of you have had a picture in your mind of, I don't know, of our offering basket? How many have had a picture in your mind of, of baskets? They're walking around with big baskets filled with, with fish and bread. Now, what this was, it was the word kofinus, which is a word which means a little small basket that they would carry around. And um, people would carry a basket. Jews would carry a basket around, had a little straw in there. A lot of people say it goes back to the Old Testament of them building bricks and everything. But they would carry a basket around. They had a little bedding in there in case they were going somewhere and the, and the place wasn't comfortable enough. They would kind of fix it up. And they had their ceremonial food. How many know they only ate certain food? How many have that one friend? I'm looking over here at the fullers. I'm not, not, but how many have that one friend that they only eat certain foods? And you invite them somewhere and they come in with their own food, right? Now I brought mine because I only eat this certain way. I only eat this way, so I brought my own with me because I know that I can't eat what you eat, so I bring my own. Everybody follow me. So they would have these kofinas, these things, and that's where we got the word coffer or coffin. It is a basket, something that carries something. And so they have these. So each disciple probably had a bag or a basket, a coffinus that they would carry and that they would carry because back then when you went to a hotel, it wasn't bed breakfast. They didn't feed you. They just said, hey, we got a barn out there. You can sleep. We got an extra room, but we're not feeding you. You just go sleep. So they had to bring their own food. And sometimes when they would go into foreign lands, they wanted to make sure they could eat. So they would have these coffinas. And so each disciple probably had one. And here's the powerful part. Now, they're probably, obviously, they didn't have any food in their coffinas. Right? Because they would have said, instead of saying, here's a little boy, they would have said, all I got is a couple sardines in my coffin. I don't have nothing. And so Jesus does this miracle, and then he tells them, go get what's left. And now they each have a basketful. Come on, somebody. There, there's a whole other message right there. There's a miracle in serving God. Come on, when you serve God, when you do what God has spoken to you to do, when you trust Him and believe Him, there's a miracle for you. As you're going out and doing something for other people, there's a miracle for you. I'm telling you, as you serve God, God's going to bless you. Come on, how many love getting somebody's leftovers the day after? Come on, right after they make it. How many love to say, hey, I, got, I made so much and I can't eat this. I'll be right there. I'm coming for some leftovers. Come on, when you know it's something good enough, telling you, God said, I want, Jesus said, I want you to take it and fill it up. And each one of them had their basket full. 
So the rest of that week, the rest of the time they're eating, they're probably thinking, man, how did I ever doubt God? As they're walking, as they're going along the line, they're thinking, God is so good. What did I ever doubt God? They never had another need because every time they did, they would think, and the Bible even talks about them remembering. And then Jesus had to ask it later. When I fed the 5,000 people, how many baskets did I pick up? Twelve. When we fed the 4,000, how many did we pick up? Seven. Then why in the world? Are you doubting me now? Come on. Why is it that when God speaks to us, we can't give him our full faith? All we have is leftovers. Are you getting something today? And here Jesus was in this series about leftovers. And I want to tell you, there's something to do with leftovers. And I want to just talk to you quickly about three things. Number one, you can keep them as they were. You can keep them as they were. When you have leftovers, you can leave them the way they are and you can eat them. Uh, but I do have a word for you. It's not, this is not as good as it gets. Like I said, the first time you go back for seconds, it's still good. You know, you go in there, you eat something. Some things, how many have ever had some things that get better, as they said? Come on, there's something. My grandmother used to make sweet tea. Every, it wasn't sweet tea. It was more like liquid diabetes, I'm telling you. But uh, she used to make sweet tea every Sunday. Oh, well, on Saturday, actually. She would make her tea, and it'd be ready to go Sunday. Now, she would drink that all Sunday. Then she would drink that through the week, and inevitably... There would be a jar left. She had like a mayonnaise jar or pickle jar or something. And there would be just that much left. And she would pour it from the pitcher into this jar. And she would seal it up. And she'd put it in the refrigerator. Now, I used to tease Nana because her refrigerator was immaculate. And everything had its place. Certain, certain dishes used for certain things. And she would pour that tea in that jar. And she'd put it in there. And she'd save it for next Sunday's meal. Now, next Sunday, everybody else is drinking the fresh tea, and she would get out that jar, and she'd shake it up. And then she'd say, oh, yeah, it's perfect now. It's a sad. I'm like, you should not be drinking that. That is like candy, like fermented liquid candy. And she would pour it over, and she'd take a sip, and she said, mmm, that's good. Because she saved the best for her. You know, some things get better when you save them. But I'm telling you, you can keep them as they were. And some people are like that when it comes to serving God, when it comes to God doing things in your life. They just want to keep things the way it is. They just want the status quo. I'm happy the way things are. I don't need any more, any less. I got saved. I got fire insurance. I made sure I wasn't going to hell. That's all I need. I want to keep things just the way they are. Yeah, but when you keep your relationship with God the way it is, how many know you keep everything else the way it is? People who don't move forward in their relationship, you're not going to see the benefits of a true relationship. If I had kept things the way they were when I met Pastor April and just kept them like that, oh, we had good times and we just kind of um, chatted with each other. We just went around, we maybe held hands. I mean, know that was good. But if I had kept things that way, I mean, we wouldn't have made much progress. We wouldn't have three beautiful little girls running around here. Come on, without getting too graphic, you can't have beautiful little girls from holding hands. 
And some people wonder why I don't have anything produced from my relationship with God. Well, you've kept things the same way. You never got intimate with God. You never gave Him fully. You kept giving Him leftovers. Because maybe you didn't keep things, you kept things the same way out of fear. You kept things the same way out of past relationships. Come on, some people don't move forward in a relationship because the last relationship they had let them down. The last relationship they had hurt them and they don't want to go further. And I'm here to tell you, some of you are focusing your relationship with God out of human relationships. I've been let down by people who said they love me. I've been let down by people who said they wanted to be a part of my life. So I'm not going to let God in. Because every time I let somebody in, they hurt me. They let me down. And so I'm building up walls. And because of that, God can never do in and through you what he wants to. We've been giving God leftovers. We say, you know what? I spent too much of my life being disappointed. I spent too much of my life giving away, giving away, doing for other people. Now I'm just closed off and all I have left is this. You can keep things the same way. But if you keep things the same way, you're going to get the same results. I don't understand why things don't progress in my life. I don't understand why I'm not further down the path. I don't understand why I haven't received this. I don't understand why that person can get that from God. And I don't have anything. Because you have kept things the same way. And I want to encourage you today to change. Look at somebody and say change. We don't want to go through the motions. We don't want to keep things the same way. John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. God does not want you to have just the same old, same old life. I read in that account here. He said they could have as much as they wanted. I can't stress that enough. God wants you to get full. Come on. Somebody say full. God wants you to have as much as you want. He wants that word abundantly means fullest, means superfluous, overflowing. It means you can have as much of God as you perceive you need or want. And that's the word of the Lord for us today. God's saying, I'm ready for you. I have everything. The table is set. Don't settle for leftovers. Don't settle for what you had before. But I want you to have more. I want you to receive everything I have for you. Some people, years later, they're still going through the same patterns that they've been through before. They're still wandering around the same mountain. Dealing with the same problems. How many of you thought you got over something? Thought you got past something. And then all of a sudden you're like, here I am again. Going through the same thing again. Well, let me tell you something. The problem is not on his end. Remember, it's on our end. And it's time for us to say, you know what? I'm not going to keep things the same way. I'm not going to keep things the same way they are. I'm going to move forward with God. God, I know that I can have as much of you as I want. I know I can have as much forgiveness as I want. I know I can have as much deliverance as I want. I know I can have as much freedom as I want. Some people never get free from things because they don't think they deserve it. They don't think, oh, that's for everybody else, but not for me. This is just the way I'm going to be. 
I just gotta face it. And if you if you won't be with me, you you just gotta face this. This who I am. No, you have been made new. Amen. You can have as much of God as you perceive you need or want. Don't settle for leftovers. Number two. My grandmother used to always go into the refrigerator and she'd go into things and she'd look at them and she'd open up the container and she'd get that look on her face. And then she'd say, does anybody want to eat this Swiss steak? Because if not, I'm throwing it out. And I'm like, if it's fit for the garbage, why are you offering it to me? If it's fit to be thrown out, then why are you trying to push it off on me? Thanks a lot. That tells me that. Yeah, wait for old Ironsides to come by. She'll eat it. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. <laughs> I don't want your garbage. If it's fit for it's rancid, throw it out. I get on Pastor April because she'll go to the grocery store and she'll say, oh, I bought some meat on clearance. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, if it's on clearance, it's already probably suspect. And she's like, but we got to cook it today. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know we're not cooking it today. And then it goes into the infamous bottom drawer of our refrigerator. And then the next day, oh, you know we're going out to dinner with so the next, oh, okay. And then, you know, we've got this going, oh, yeah. So then next thing you know, you open up the bottom drawer and there's some science project down there. And uh, nine times out of ten, we've wasted money, thrown it away. But I must confess, I tell you, remember whose house I grew up in? We have rinsed meat off in the sink before with soap. Come on, somebody. <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures. And cooked that bad boy up and ate it. And we're still here, she said. <laughs> the second thing to do with leftovers is look at somebody and say, throw them out. Exodus 16, 18 says, And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, come on, how many know whenever there's a however in the Bible, usually you get ready to hear something about somebody that didn't listen to God and they were an idiot. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. How many remember the manna that God provided in the wilderness? They didn't even know what it was. It was manna. And here they are. Oh, we got manna today? Manna tomorrow? What are we going to have the next day? Manicotti? Come on. Manna witch? I mean, they have all kind of stuff. And the word manna literally means, what is it? They didn't know what it was. It's trailing, what is it? But they said, whatever it is, it's good. Come on, somebody. How many are in a situation right now where you're like, God, I don't know what you're doing in my life. I don't know exactly What's going on in my life? Is there anybody here? Am I the only one? You're like, God, I'm not really sure what exactly you're doing in my life. 
I know what I want. I know what I've heard. I know what I'm believing for. I know what I've seen. I know what I'm seeing. And none of it makes sense. Anybody else there, right there? It's manna. Get a manna situation. They didn't know what it was, but they knew it was good. And I have a word from the Lord right now. You may be in a situation right now that you don't know what's going on. You don't know where to go. You don't know how God's going to do what His promises going to do. But how many know God is good? And I feel the Holy Ghost. You may not realize what you're going through. You may not realize where you're at. You may not realize how God's getting ready to work everything together for your good. But know that He is good. And because He is good, it is good. And in everything, we can give thanks to the goodness of God. Now here he provided this for them. He gave provision. He gave his love. He gave sustenance to them. And he said, I'm going to do this for you every day. Don't worry. But what is it? Just like this, everybody says, I can't. I got to worry. I, I got to figure it out. I got there, there was that, uh, that Philip that said, we got to decide how we're going to do it. We got to figure out what we're going to do. It says, let me take things into my own hands. Let me disregard what the word of the Lord was and do it myself. And what happens? It rotted, full of maggots, started to stink. And this is what God told me. Some leftovers are not to be consumed or even remembered again. Some of it is fit for the trash. Some past experiences were just that. They're in the past. And they should stay there. They're good for you then, but not now. And not for your future. Some thoughts, ideas, mindsets. Man, when I was writing this, I just, the presence of God was so strong. Some thoughts, ideas, mindsets, and relationships are not meant for your future. And frankly, they can't go there. Worms and stench are signs of death, decay, and something that needs to be covered up and buried. And there's certain things, certain ideas and mindsets and things that we have that, that we don't need to carry over. Remember, I said God's serious about leftovers. That, that's okay. Keep that. That's going to be good. That's going to remind you. That's going to sustain you. This, get rid of it. Don't hold on to it. Don't try to keep it around because I've got something new for you tomorrow. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank God. But, but if you keep it, it's going to be bad for you. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to the Christ. Another translation, that's NIV, another translation says we pull down every high and lofty thought. Every vain imagination, we, we pull it down, we get rid of it. And we take into captivity every thought. What does it mean to take into captivity? It means to stop something, arrest it. Grab it and say you no longer have access or opportunity to run free. 
Come on, if somebody came in here, came through that door and said they're getting ready to attack us, how many know if we had, if we were, if all of us men in here and women were strapped and, and, and somebody came in here with a knife talking about they're getting ready to take over and rob us, how many know they wouldn't get far, would they? Anywhere in Texas, I, I was in Tennessee and, and I was over talking to our uh, cousin's neighbor and, and there, my cousin's got his gun on his holster in the house at all times, doesn't go anywhere without it. I've got my gun, the neighbor had his gun, a guy pulls up to drop something out, he gets out of the car, he's got a gun on him, I'm like, man, come on, I feel pretty safe right here. If anybody came up in the middle of this and decided they were going to try to attack us with something less than, how many know we would take them captive, we would stop them, we would uh, spoil their plan, we would take them captive and say, you are not going to succeed. And when a thought comes into your mind, when a mindset, an idea comes into you that is substandard to the knowledge you have of Christ, you have to stop it, take control over it, and say, you have no authority to run rampant in my mind anymore. I wish somebody would get this today because it's going to set you free. You have the authority. You are stronger because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And every thought, every vain imagination, everything has to bow its knee to the knowledge that God has in you. And you, 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 all of us have the knowledge of God on the inside of us and it's time for us to live to the fullness of our potential. It's time for us to say, I'm not settling for leftovers anymore. I'm not giving God leftovers in my thoughts. I'm not giving God leftovers in my faith. I'm saying enough is enough. I don't need that anymore. I don't want it and I'm throwing it out. Those wrong thinking that comes into every one of our minds, every one of us gets attacked on a daily basis by things that we need to throw out. But why is it we entertain it? Maybe, maybe it's good. It don't smell too bad. Maybe we need to rinse it off. Maybe we need to eat it and just see how we feel. And come on, it's funny, but you know, that's what we do. Well, I know this. I know that's not what God has for me. I know good and well that's not the plan and purpose of God for my life. But you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe it is going to happen. Maybe that is, maybe I am going to end up like that. And when fear comes in, we know that fear is not from God, but why is it we entertain it? Maybe, maybe, maybe my life is going to end like that. We will play something to the nth degree in technicolor. Well, maybe it is going to go that way. Maybe I am going to fail. Maybe that is going to happen. No, the devil is a liar. So when the devil comes talking to you, no, it's a lie. Look at somebody and say, throw it out. Throw it out. You can keep them as they were. You can throw them out. And you can make them bow to the obedience of Christ. So I know who I am in Christ. I know who's I am. And lastly, you can make something new out of it. Come on, the best thing to do with leftovers is to 
convert it into something different. Make something new out of it. We, we go to a little Mexican restaurant down the street here, Rio Mamba. This is not a plug for that, but it's pretty good. And if you go there, tell Pastor Eric sent you. Remember to keep your receipt. 10% goes to your locals here. I'm just kidding. But uh, we go down there. We get this We get this meal. It's, it's a lot of food. And so we usually have leftovers. And so we take that. We take certain things. We're like, okay, I know I can reheat the meat. I know the onions and peppers will be good. I know the, the guacamole and the pico, a little, little suspect. Tomorrow it'll be brown. Just scrape it, stir it up. You got one good stir. Once it's brown, I'm going to get one good stir. When it's black, you got to get rid of it. And so we, we know we, we can kind of work with that. And then the next day, I go and I take that and I made that night. I may get it out and, and make me a little, make me a little taco, eat that up. And then the next day, if there's something left in there, I'm like, ah, you know what, I, I ain't going to eat the guacamole, I ain't going to make a taco. But I'll take that meat out, come on somebody, and I'll start cutting that meat up, I'll chop it up good and fine, and then I'll toss it in the frying pan, and I'll sizzle it up a little bit, then I'll make me a good omelet, crack some eggs in there, come on. Then I'll throw the pico in there, and man, I got me a good omelet the next day. We have steak and eggs. We got something good. We can make something new out of it. Now, I, I started researching. <clears throat> I was looking for a picture of Thanksgiving leftovers. And I was looking around for that. And you can't even find like a traditional plate of leftovers now because now it's popular to show all the new things that people do. I haven't even seen any of this. Now they've they're got all these gourmet ways of doing things with leftovers. Some of them look pretty good. I mean, they're like, you can take everything and, and batter it and freeze it and, and fry it like, you know, uh, little balls or whatever, make sticks and, and then dip them in gravy. And, and we saw a can of, how many have seen the canned Thanksgiving dinner? It's like everything all stacked up gelatinous. It's the nastiest thing in the world. But it's like turkey, uh, gravy, cranberries, and uh, green beans, and mashed potatoes, <laughs> all in a can. But uh, they're making pot pies, and, and they're making like eggs benedict. I'm like, man, some of that stuff looked pretty good. They're making it look real nice and everything, making it new. And some are making pizzas and everything out of the Thanksgiving meal. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Live as children of light. Man, you once lived a certain way, but now it's time to make something new. Revelation 21.5 says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. If God said, Write this down, he's saying, I have the ability to make everything new. You are a new creation in Christ. 
Old things are passed away. Everything has become brand new. And the thing you need to do is take what God has done in your life and turn it into something new. Take the victory that you have and turn it into a new victory. Take the defeat, the problem you went through, and how God sustained you and turn that into something new. Take the thing that you were saved out of and take that and don't live there again, but turn that into something new. Turn that into a new beginning for somebody else. Why did I have to go for this? So I could come out and say, look what God has done in my life. And let me tell you, you don't even want to go there. Come on, somebody. Take it and turn it into something new. That's what God's calling us to do. He's serious about leftovers. There are times when he said, I want you to take this and I want you to keep it all because I want you to carry it with you and know that I am God. I want you to carry those things in your heart and know that I am the one that did that for you. I am the one that sustained you. I am your God. And there's times when I want to say, don't even touch it. Don't even go there because that's not for you anymore. I'm going to do something new. And I'm telling you, there's times when God says, I'm taking the foolish things and I'm going to use it to confound the wise. I'm taking the things that you're going through right now, the manna, the thing that you're in the middle of, I'm taking that and I'm going to use it for the now. And then it's going to be where you don't even remember it because I'm getting ready to do something brand new in your life. Man, and I feel a season of something new coming up for many of us, for all of us. But God's saying everything you went through, yeah, it was rough, it was hard, it was for a reason. And if you grew from that, if you lived through that, then I've got something for you. I believe that God has used me and my ministry to to help people through transitional times in their life. To get people to the place where say, you know what? You don't have to stay here. If there's one thing that marks what God's called me to do, it's taking people another step further in their journey. So I don't care where you are, but we ain't going to stay right here. We're going to move one step further in the journey. It might be one step, it might be a hundred, but I want to move you forward because I don't want you to stay there. And there are people I know that wouldn't have made it if they hadn't have, if I hadn't listened to the Lord to just grab them out of the muck and the mire and say, come on, we're going to make it. You can make it. And I know that God wants to use you guys to do that. He wants to use all of us to do that. To take people and say, you've gone through the same thing that I've gone through. But you're not going to stay there. You're not going to get caught in it like I did for 10 years. You're not going to go through the cycle I went through for 20 years. And it affected every relationship. It affected everything in my life. But I'm going to speak to you. And you're going to see other people win from that. When, when you guys, Brian and Tiffany, when you guys shared testimony of how God has moved in your marriage over the years, you know what? There are people that heard that and said, I don't, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through that. Thank God that you were able to share that and say, yeah, it was hell. But you know what? We still together. You know what? God brought us through this. And because we trusted in the Lord, he brought us through. And then people say, you know what? I heard that, and I know that God can get me through my situation. And other people say, I heard that, and I don't ever want to go there. And so you're going to continue to do that. God's going to continue to use you guys to say, you know what, I have a past. I've been through some stuff, but this time I'm going to do it right. Amen?
And I believe that we're going to allow God to do something new in our life. Come on, Brother David. You can come on up to the keyboard. I wanted to go several different ways with this message. And who knows what God might do next week. But leftovers can be good for a season. But when God tells you to throw them out, throw them out. When God tells you to keep something, keep it. Because you know that he's going to refer to it again. And you know it's going to be to remind you of the miracle. I just think how cool Jesus was. How he loved those disciples so much to say, you know what? Let's just go ahead and gather up everything. And I know it's going to be exactly 12 basketfuls. And you're going to carry that basket around. And it's going to remind you that when I say something, I mean it. When I promise something, I can bring it to pass. When I ask you a question, I'm not asking you to come up with excuses. I'm not asking you to rationalize it. I'm asking you to trust me. So many of us today, God is asking you a question. He's asking you, how much do you want? How much are you willing to give? Are you comfortable with leftovers? Are you comfortable serving me the way you've always served me? Are you holding on to something that you know you need to get rid of? Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's an old lifestyle. Maybe it's one last thing that you said, you know what, I know that this isn't good for my life, but I just, I just can't give this up. I don't want to give this up. Nine times out of ten when someone says, I can't quit, I can't give this up, it's not that you can't, it's that you don't want to. So remember, you can have as much as you want. 